to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach this thought to you today. A time for peace. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We bless you. We're so thankful for your presence in this place. We're so thankful that everybody that's watching is feeling your presence right now in home or in their vehicle or on the job or during a lunch break. God, I pray that you would bless and anoint what takes place over these next few moments so that your word can speak to us and give us clarity and direction and help us understand that now is a time for peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Solomon, the wisest man of all time, chief economist, a renowned philosopher. He was known for many things, wisdom, obviously. He said there is a time for war. A time for spiritual battle, a time to suit up, if you will, a time to stand up for what's right. And let me be clear, it's always the right time to stand up for what is right. We hear much about this, in particular, spiritual warfare in this day and age that we live in because we understand we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principality, spiritual wickedness in high places. I understand the need for education about spiritual warfare because you are not my enemy and the person sitting next to you, if there's somebody there is not your enemy. We do need to understand that we have an enemy and the brothers and sisters that are are a part of the body of Christ are not our enemy. Our enemy is the adversary, the devil. We have an enemy and our brother and sister is not that enemy. But what Solomon says strikes me very interestingly because he says, there is a time for war. But in his next breath, he says, there is a time for peace. See, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, looked the Pharisees right in the eye and he said, there is a greater than Solomon, a greater than the temple. There is one who is greater than Jonah. And all of these are remarkable for many reasons because the temple was the greatest or most respected structure in Jewish culture. And Jesus looked them right in the eye and said, Behold, there is one who is before you who is greater than the temple. 
He said, look, I'm greater than Solomon and all of the things that he was uh, arrayed in, if you will. He even went as far as to say, I'm greater than Jonah. And nobody ever preached repentance like Jonah preached repentance because the entire nation of Nineveh came to repentance. But Jesus Christ himself said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I love it in the Amplified because it says, blessed, enjoying enviable happiness, spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called the sons of God. In the message, it says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Some of us, if we're being transparent, only want to fight. I understand that there are times and seasons in our life that we must fight, uh, that we must fight, and we might, and it's right to fight in those times. But let me just tell you, there is also a time for peace. And if you didn't know, the Christian life is more about peace than it is fighting. We're known as children of God by our peace, not by our fights. Some of us by nature, though, we love to fight. There are some people who, who just have a warring spirit, have always got to have always on edge, if you will. They're not happy unless they're in a good fight. Yet one learns quickly, if you are in a fight, you must have opposition to begin with. Those who battle with words and those who battle with fists always have to have a foe. And that foe is not one of a spiritual nature. These people that like to fight, like to fight somebody in the natural, if you will. But blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who manufacture and maintain peace. Blessed are those people that when they show up, peace just comes with them. It doesn't read. Blessed are the troublemakers. It doesn't read blessed are the talebearers. It doesn't read blessed are the false accusers. There are some people that when they show up, they're so addicted to fighting and so addicted or connected to hostility. The moment they show up, strife shows up. The moment they show up, negativity shows up. The moment they show up, Discord shows up. Can I tell you, we are the people of God and we should be manifestations of peace. We should have peace. But there are others who show up, man, and, and, and they don't add to the tension. There's others that show up, they don't add to the problem. They add to the solution. There's people that show up that they don't release venom, they release peace. They are peacemakers, manufacturers of peace. Now, let me just tell you what peace is not. Peace is not the absence of problems. It was in the storm that Jesus said, if you remember, he said, peace, be still. Some say if I didn't have any problems at all, then I would be at peace. But that's not true. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace isn't the absence of issues. There's so many things people choose to fight about, so many different opinions. People want to fight about things that absolutely make no sense, but peace is not the absence of issues. Peace isn't even the absence of enemies. The Lord said, I prepare a table before you 
in the presence of your enemies. Can I just tell you, if you wait for everybody to like you before you can be at peace, you will never obtain peace. You'll be frustrated for the rest of your mortal life. Remember the story of Jesus as he's sending the disciples out two by two in Luke chapter 10, verse 5. But whatever your house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. In other words, if people don't want to enter into peace with you, that shouldn't rob you of your peace. You can be at peace with the fact that everybody isn't at peace with you. You can be at peace with the unknown that we're dealing with with COVID-19. But can I tell you, God wants to give you peace today. God wants to give you peace in this season. God wants you to know that this is a time for peace, a peace that the world didn't give and the world can't take it away, a peace that only Jesus Christ can give, a peace that will stabilize you, a peace that will submit you, a peace that will give you hope for a future, a peace that will let you sleep easy at night, a peace that will eradicate the hostility, a peace that surpasses understanding. It's a time for peace. So much so that he instructs us, he being Paul, to put the shoes that have been prepared with the gospel of peace on our feet. The reason why this is important, and I want you to get your mind around this, because a Roman soldier, Paul was tied to a Roman soldier. He was imprisoned when he was writing this, which strikes me as uncanny in the sense that this is where the church is, if you will. Many of us are confined in many regards, but we're still affecting the world. We're still sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're still reaching and preaching and teaching and loving and watching God do remarkable things. But Paul gives us an interesting illustration in contrast to uh, or utilizing a Roman soldier. A Roman soldier, when they would go into war, they would have these shoes. These shoes were like sandals. These sandals were studded heavily with nails. And these nails were known as hobnails, if you will. They were firmly placed directly through the sole of the shoe for increased durability and stability. What I liken that to today is like a soccer cleat or a football cleat. You could dig your feet into the peace of gospel, of the gospel. You can dig your feet into something then you will be so firmly planted. This is why when Paul says stand having done all to stand, you can do so because you've got peace. Sometimes we get so anxious and we're so riddled with anxiety. We're running over here and I'm running over there. But Paul wants you to just stand still. Stand still in the peace of God. I'm speaking peace over your home. I'm speaking peace over your family. I'm speaking peace over your mind because God wants to give you peace. He's communicating, hey, listen, the enemy is going to come or life is going to happen. There are going to be the COVID-19s. It might not be a global pandemic, but it might be a local or family pandemic. It might be an economic pandemic that you're dealing with, and it affects your world and maybe those that are intimately connected to your world. Or it could be what we're dealing with with COVID-19, a global pandemic, and it is affecting everybody and everything in every way conceivable. But what Paul is trying to get us to understand is you can be so deeply planted that when these things happen, they do not knock you down. 
And let me just help you. There is a difference between being knocked over and knocked down. Many of us know what it means to be knocked over from time to time. Circumstances, situations, friends, finances, careers, whatever it might be, or any number of things that have been removed that cause us to question the stability that we have. Things happen to make us feel unshaky or shaky. Things happen to make us feel unstable. Things happen to make us feel defeated. In fact, COVID-19 in our nation and world has no doubt led to a large degree of instability in everybody's life. But I want you to know that there is a peace that is available through Jesus Christ that he wants to give you and I, that he has imparted into us through his spirit. You don't have to slide. You don't have to move. You don't have to be knocked down with every hit or with every trial you experience. I want you to know it is the time for peace. Right where you are, I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to declare the peace of God in your home. I want you to begin to declare the peace of God on your mind. I want you to begin to declare, speak peace. We don't have to slide every time something happens. We don't have to be knocked down. You get your feet so firmly planted that you understand you're not going anywhere because God has got you right in the palm of his hand. You can't be moved. You will not be forgotten. God won't let you down. God has got your back and he wants to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. When Paul is talking about having our shoes prepared, this having the preparation of the gospel. He says something that is very interesting here. He uses the Greek word, uh, which means readiness, if you will, promptness, speediness. It's similar instruction to what Peter used in 1 Peter 3.15. He says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So what I, what I want you to understand is God wants to give you a peace and people are going to look at you while everything is happening in this life and they're like, how is it that you have peace right now? How is it that you are so serene right now? It's because God wants to give you peace and he wants to, when he gives it, it cannot be taken away. See, a person who is at peace is someone who's stable, calm, orderly, rest within. The opposite of peace, of course, is inner chaos, anxiety, and worry. Peace, hear me, doesn't refer to an inner calm when all around you is calm. Mm -mm, that's not peace. See, I, I, I know what it's like because I've been on a cruise before on a few occasions and the Lord just blessed. And one time we had a chance to stay out on, a, on the balcony, praise God, and the water sounded so nice and I just had a nice book and the warm weather was beautiful, and I just thought, this is peaceful. That's tranquility. I'm supposed to be calm when I'm in a tranquil situation. I didn't see one person on that cruise running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Everybody was taking their time. Nobody was fussing and fighting to get on elevators. Nobody was fussing and fighting to get food. Everybody knew that there was going to be plenty of food and plenty of time to relax and chill because they were in a tranquil environment. It's easy to be calm when you're in that. When you're experiencing godly peace, though, you are at rest even when everything else is all wrong. 
Thunder and lightning might be chasing each other all around you. The wind could be blowing unexpected and unpleasant circumstances into your life. Nothing looks right. Nothing looks promising. All is dark, but it's exactly in those moments when true peace wins the battle. This is because even when you are experiencing chaos on the outside, the tranquility on the inside eases your mind. And the Bible says that the peace of God is so opposite to the natural way of responding to life's trials that we often can't even understand it. This is the peace that God wants to give you in this season of COVID-19. This is the peace that God wants you to operate in. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses, it surpasses all understanding. No educated mind can get their mind around it. It will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, you have to understand, the peace of God protects you. The peace of God protects me. God offers us a peace that reaches far beyond what we can comprehend. When we receive and walk in that peace, it settles us. It guards our hearts. Oh, it guards our minds. Praise God. See, this is the peace that cradles people who lost their jobs so they don't have to lose their minds. This is the peace that produces praise when there's no paper or money in the bank. This is the peace that produces praise and worship when you're at home by yourself and you can't gather. This is the peace that produces a supernatural move of God when you're watching somebody preach to you over YouTube or wherever you might be watching. This is the peace that restores hope in the face of failing help. This is the peace that is so powerful that we're instructed to let it control us. We are taught to let the peace of God call the shots and make the decisions and dictate our emotions. It is not the other way around. Do not let your emotions lord over you. Do not let your emotions dictate to you what you have to do in this season. You let the peace of God rule over your heart. When you look it up in the Greek, when Paul writes in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. He's literally using the Greek word for rule. Uh, it means to umpire. Now, I'm not a baseball guy or an aficionado, but I do know enough about an umpire that an umpire calls the shots. When he's looking at that pitcher, he's standing behind the catcher, and he's looking and he's assessing. He has the sole authority to call a ball or whatever the pitch is, a ball, a ball, a foul, a strike, Whatever the case may be, whatever the umpire says goes. Paul is telling us that peace is to be our umpire. The game is centered, hear me, around what the umpire calls. If the umpire calls it a foul, it's a foul. If he calls it a strike, it's a strike. If he calls it an out, it's an out. It makes no difference. If peace tells you you're going to be fine, you're going to be all right. If peace tells you God has got your back, you know you're in good hands. If peace is speaking to you, you allow the peace of God to comfort you. It's just like growing up. I can remember my parents asked me to do something. Maybe I did or I didn't do it or I had these excuses. They would say things like, what did I say? In other words, they were trying to remind me of what they said because what they said in their house trumps everything else that happens. 
It's just like that in your family. What does the peace of God say? Can I tell you, you let the peace of Christ make the call in your life. The reason this is so important is that life serves up so many choices and so many opportunities for decisions. We wonder which job to take. We wonder which conversations uh, we need to have. Who am I going to marry? Is this person the one for me? Do I go on this trip? Do I not? Do I spend this money? Do I not? What church do I get connected to? Where should I live? Uh, I could go on and on and on. However, when you let the peace of God be the umpire in your life. He'll call the shots. If you and I begin to align our thoughts and our desires underneath his comprehensive rule over every area of our life, you and I will walk in peace and we'll walk in this call and your heart and mind will have peace. Some of you haven't had a good night's sleep in a long time and God wants to give that to you in this season. It's the peace. If the peace, of, I want you to think about this. If the peace of Christ is ruling, that automatically means the peace of Christ is present. When it is not present, that means something else is in charge. And that something else could be worry, it could be fear, it could be anxiety, it could be a host of things. Whatever it is, if there is no inner peace ruling your heart and your mind, you have taken off your peace shoes that God has made especially for you. I want you to think about this for a moment. John 14, 27, Jesus gives us a powerful example of peace in the midst of chaos. The night he's about to be crucified. Look at what he says. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to read that again, and I want to read that into the atmosphere. Peace I leave with you. Peace, my peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus was saying his peace is different from the world's peace. The world's peace is different than God's peace. The world might offer you peace in a pill or peace in a song or peace in a drink or peace in entertainment or peace in an injection or peace in a relationship or peace in some materialistic item. The world serves up peace in a variety of ways, but the problem with the world's peace is it doesn't last long at all. The effects of a pill or alcohol or material items wear off quickly. The entertainment ends and so does the peace or so does the escape. But the peace that God gives produces rest. Praise God on the inside. It remains no matter what's going on around you. Even if it is COVID-19, you can still have peace. You can handle it. You might not like it, but you need to hear me. You can handle it. Jesus said that is the kind of peace he wants you to have. In fact, he told his disciples they were to have that kind of peace later. In John 16, 33, these things have I spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Can I tell you, you're not going to find peace in what they say on your job. You're not going to find peace if you keep watching CBC News. I'm not saying be uninformed. I want you to be informed. However, you do need to manage your news intake because you need to get more of the word than you're getting of CBC. The more word you get, the more peace you'll have. The more word you get, the more faith you'll have. The more word you get, the more understanding you'll have and hope you'll have. The more you'll be planted in the peace that God wants to give you. He said, 
that in this world you'll have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. We serve a God who has overcome everything that we'll ever face. And you need to know in order to overcome something, you have to have something to overcome. Peace is always tied to overcoming something. You won't truly know that you have peace until something goes wrong because everyone can feel peaceful when everything is right. But boy, in the midst of a struggle, battle, war, addiction, conflict, or any number of things, that's when you discover the need to cover and you need peace. See, peace is the absence of alarm. You got enemies? Hell yeah, but I'm not alarmed. Got trouble? Oh yeah, but I'm not alarmed. I'm free. I'm free. I'm fine because I know God is taking care of me. I've got a peace that passes all understanding. See, peace is the presence of adequate resources. I love number 6, 24 through 27. Listen to what God told Moses to tell his brother Aaron how to bless God's people. Say these words, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. The highest, hear me, the highest blessing of God is peace. To be at peace, to be at peace in your relationships, to be at peace in your mind, peace in your church, peace with your colleagues or your brethren, peace in your family, peace with your brothers, your, your sisters, your sons, your daughters, peace with your crazy aunts and your wild uncle, peace with everybody you come connect with, you come in contact with. You can shout, you can fall on the floor, you can dance, you can rejoice, but if you don't have peace, something is missing. The highest blessing is peace. Here's what I want you to understand. God reveals things in peace. I'm going to invite our musicians to come. Hear this. Let's go back to Colossians 3, 16. It says, let the word of Christ. Now look at this. If you, you just go right before verse 15. He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. I want you to get this because peace reveals things. In the next verse, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, before we can receive a word from God, there must be an atmosphere in which to hear it. It's hard to hear God's voice when it's chaos. It's hard to hear God's voice when everything is screaming at you. It's hard to hear God's voice if you're only taking in CBC news. It's hard to hear God's voice if you're only taking in negativity. It's hard to hear God's voice, but in the peace, with the peace of God, his spirit falls. Can I remind you of the disciples who fussed and had a fit, tissy, if you will, on Calvary's Eve. But you know what? While they were fighting that night, the day that they received the Spirit, they were in one accord, one place. Peace had come into that room, that's why. The Prince of Peace had risen from the dead and walked into that very room a few weeks before and said, peace be unto you. Shalom, peace I bring. Peace, peace. 
See, when peace is present, the spirit falls. Get your emotions under the rule of the spirit. Peace God wants to give you today. Many of you all are in chaos and you feel hectic, you're frantic, and you're trying to get this together, you're trying to get that together. You don't know which way to go. Can I tell you, stop. Get your feet planted in peace. Because Isaiah says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Pay close attention to this principle that I'm about to share with you because I really believe it will literally restore aspects of your life. When your mind, when your mind agrees with God's mind, his truth and his standard, you will access God's power for victory. In other words, what am I saying? Trusting God produces peace. Trusting God produces peace. One of my favorite stories, the Bible illustrates the power of peace. You know it when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with the command to bow down and worship their king as God or be thrown into a fiery furnace. The three boys stood by their principles and they refused to bow. Their response to King Nebuchadnezzar, his threat, and him throwing him in the furnace was simple. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Can I just tell you, God didn't keep these boys from the fire. They were thrown in it. In fact, God allowed Nebuchadnezzar to heat the furnace seven times hotter than he normally was. But what God did do, hear me, is meet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. The passage tells us that these men were thrown into the furnace. But when the king went to look at them burning up, he saw four men unbound and walking in the midst of the fire. In other words, God didn't change their world. He joined them in it. Likewise, God doesn't always change our situations and circumstances, although sometimes he does. And when he does, that's a reason to praise him and to celebrate and give him thanks. But when he doesn't, he will give you peace that you need to overcome it not letting your circumstances overcome you. And I want you to know right where you are right now, I'm in the Holy Ghost telling you that God is with you in the midst of your darkest hour. You may think that the heat is getting turned up and it might be getting real hot in the kitchen, but I want you to know you serve a God who is stepping right in the middle of the fire with you. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I want you to lift your hands and open up your mouth. Let the tears begin to stream down your face. Receive the joy of the Lord. Straighten up your back. Plant your feet because God is giving you His peace. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us 
info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.